Welcome out to the fourth episode of the Upland Show. I'm Loyal Doyle here with McSqueeb, and we're excited. We got a we got an exciting episode today. We're excited to share with you some research we've put together uh, that we feel will be beneficial and and could be really helpful on your outlook of what's going on with crypto right now. You know, is it a scary time to be investing? Is it a good time to be investing? Should you be putting your money in NFTs? You know, like what's going on? Yeah, everyone's right now is kind of losing their mind. Um, they're thinking either A, crypto's dead. B, um, we're starting uh, a really scary or entering into a really scary bear market. Um, or C, this is a great time to uh, to accumulate tokens or coins. So. Yeah, it's an it's a interesting time right now. I think everyone's asking the questions, what, what is next? And so, you know, I don't think it's the scope of, of this podcast or this episode for us to dive deep into crypto, coins, or currency uh, specifically. But we do want to talk about the role that the metaverse plays in your portfolio or that can play in your portfolio um, you know, especially as we enter into these uh, bearish cycles in the market and, uh, and how can you make money with the metaverse. And so stay tuned because we're going to be talking about some, some things yeah. that are very important to you about how the, the metaverse, uh, specifically Upland, will help you to um, strengthen your portfolio um, even when we hit these, these bear cycles. Yeah. Uh, this week though, there's a bunch of news as always. Upland is constantly dropping new new updates, new content. Uh, the Hyperloop is here, and Cleveland is dropping. At the time we're filming this podcast, Cleveland is dropping tomorrow morning. Uh, bearing we have we we don't run into any technical issues, but man, the last Chicago ran so smooth and like no issues so i'm i've, I've got high hopes that cleveland's gonna run super smooth no issues and uh but uh this hyperloop this hyperloop uh announcement is super cool and I, did, did you have a chance to actually uh ride on the hyperloop in game i did yeah so um as loyal doyle mentioned Cleveland is the next city to to be released and uh, to get from Chicago. If your if your uh, avatar is in Chicago, to get to Chicago, the fastest way is either well, there's two ways: either the train, the typical train, which takes you about like an hour to get there, yeah, right? Fifty minutes in game. Fifty minutes, and it's how much Upix, I guess. It's like three hundred Upix, I believe. Three hundred. I think it's like forty Upix. Isn't it like it's pretty low, but with the well, I I remember one being double. I believe it was around one was ma one was either one fifty and three hundred. One was either three hundred and six hundred. So I just sent my little avatar guy from Chicago to Cleveland, and I used the Hyperloop. It cost me three hundred seventy-five Upix. I noticed. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah. So I think it was only like a hundred and fifty Upix for the non oh, for the, the regular, regular train. train okay around cool. there and so that's 50 minutes versus five minutes yeah okay cool yeah right on so the hyperloop man gets you there gets you there fast and we've been doing a little bit of research on on hyperloop awesome technology i'm i i haven't i didn't actually see like top speeds or anything like that like it looks like 760 miles per hour that's insane. And here, let me, let me zoom in on this a little bit. For those of you watching on YouTube, we're, we're showing some stuff on the screen here. It looks like test, the team from Tesla and SpaceX. I don't know if that means Elon Musk is actually, is actually over Hyperloop, but it looks like at least the team who was working on Tesla and SpaceX uh, is designing Hyperloop, which is super cool. Yeah, certainly. If you're the CEO of Tesla and you're the CEO of SpaceX, um, I'm sure that you are very familiar with whatever subsidiary that you are investing in. And so certainly uh, Elon Musk um, you know, clearly knows all about the Hyperloop. 
And the fact that Hyperloop and Upland have come together in a joint venture um, is actually quite groundbreaking on several levels. Number one, we talked a couple episodes ago about the future of Upland and how Upland is going to be um, partnering with multiple third-party businesses to be found within and, and sell and, and uh, go to market within Upland. Well, this is the first instance of that. So that's, that's the importance, or that's the significance of this venture. Exactly. Number one. It's like cutting the red tape on the first of many awesome partnerships. Yeah. And Dude, then, as, oh, look, sorry, side tangent. Look, look how cool this, look how cool this, like, uh, like, doesn't this, here, right here, it's going to show like the city view. Doesn't this look kind of like what the future of Upland will probably look like, you know, just yeah. futuristic, cool, like, for this sure. is awesome, man. Yeah, for sure. So the second thing that's really cool about it is that, uh, Maybe not directly, but at least indirectly, Elon Musk is now, to some degree, um, uh, a partner with Upland, right? Dude, it's crazy to even think about that. But and we all seriously. know that, e- that Elon Musk likes to hype things um, in with his tw- uh, Twitter feeds, so hopefully he'll be tweeting about Upland soon. Absolutely. Uh, so today we actually have a uh, presentation that we prepared. Uh, Vince prepared Vince prepared an awesome presentation that, that we want to share with you uh, and give you some of our thoughts on, you know, this kind of fear that's going around in the media. Should you be scared? Should, you know, are, are, is all crypto g- going down? Is, is it time to get out or is it a good time to get in? Yeah. Uh, let, let's uh, do, do you want to jump right into the into the presentation right yeah, now? Yeah, sure. That sounds good. Cool. Let me uh, share the screen, and here we go. Okay, first of all, I do want to give some credit to uh, a few different um, content providers that have that I have drawn upon to pre- create this presentation. Um, th- those two channels are investment or investing made simple and Corn Bureau. If you are involved at all in investing or in uh, the crypto market you will probably know of these two channels. And so uh, they they helped me to provide, uh, or actually helped me to kind of put together this, these thoughts. So I would recommend you go and visit these channels. Okay, so having said that, um, let me get back to uh, a couple of thoughts here. Number one, yeah, a lot of people right now are kind of losing their minds about crypto. So as we mentioned earlier, the question is, where is crypto heading? Is it dead? Um, are we entering into a full-on established bear market, um, or is this an accumulation time? Uh, I think uh, you know the jury is out on that, but uh, I think the majority of experts in the industry are saying that this is just a good time for you to accumulate wealth or to accumulate coins or crypto um, because uh, this might be a bearish uh, cycle, but is not necessarily a bearish market at this point or a bear market. So. Now, having said that, though, this is a time in which a lot of folks uh, are seeing their portfolio decrease significantly. And the question is, what do we do during these times when either A, we are in a bearish cycle, or B, we are entering into a bear market? So I kind of want to talk a little bit about that and what that means and, uh, and how that specifically uh, may impact your involvement with Upland or the Metaverse, okay? So with this slide here, we see here, this is just a typical uh, diagram of the various stages of individual investment, okay? So obviously the very first stage you see on the left is the growth stage. This is when you in your 20s or 30s, ideally, are accumulating wealth. This is when you are defining what your investment strategy will be. You're looking at the various options available to you. You're understanding what your goals are, and you are investing accordingly. So these are the, this is the accumulation time. Now, when you hit into your 40s through 60s, that's when you are in the prepare stage, meaning you're preparing for retirement. Um, ideally, it means that you are preserving 
your wealth. You're still increasing, but you're preserving, really. It's not as dramatic. You're not... Uh, yeah, it, you're you're definitely taking less risks at, at that moment. Right. Time, you're right? starting to kind of uh, maybe do more... Uh, uh, more conservative investing. So really you're just preserving what you've done in the growth stage while hoping to still make returns so that when you're hitting the retirement stage, you're good to go. So in the retirement stage, obviously that's the time in which you are taking the wealth that you've earned through the growth and prepare stage. You are now enjoying that time, uh, but you're also making decisions about how you're going to distribute the wealth that you've accumulated uh, to uh, those within your circle of influence or your descendants. Yeah, and it, if, if you look at the graph, I definitely think it it kind of good financial advice I, I received in my finance class in college is like you're you're generally taking more risk. Like in the accumulation phase, you're doing more risky investments, right? And then by the time you get to like the retirement age, you're, you're wanting to just make sure you have your needs met for the rest of your life. So that's where you will take less risk with your funds, right? Maybe more yeah. bonds and less, you know, high value stocks or yeah. that could be more volatile or whatever. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Okay. So, um, so here, this is kind of an interesting graph. Okay. So this is a distrib distribution of the various ge generations within, uh, the United States, um, so we have the, the, the total U.S. population by age um, in the year 2020. So we can see here that on the far left, you have the, the, the Gen Z generation, uh, which is are all people born between uh, 2000 and 2020. There's 86 million of those. Millennials uh, born between 80, 1982 to 1999, 82 million, just a little bit short. Um, and then the Gen X, whoop, how did that happen? No, it's, it's still... That's weird. <laughs> All right, so Gen X uh, is about 60, 65 million. It's just like the browser doing it. It's not doing it on the. Okay. All right. Good to know. Okay, so then we have the uh, Gen X group that is uh, about sixty-five million. The baby boomers, uh, eighty-six million, and then we have the, uh, the 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 older groups. Okay, so the baby boomers. The, what's what's important to note here is that they are in the basically the preservation mode or stage of their investments. Um, the Gen X and millennials are in the accumulation phase. So we talked about the growth stage. Primarily, most of the millennials and Gen X uh, crowd are that, that orange and yellow right there are in the growth stage. So that's important to note. It's important backdrop because the majority of investors and followers of cryptocurrencies are, uh, you know, probably within the millennials or Gen X phase. Um, so probably the, I think the average age is like around 38 or 40. Uh, I think that's starting to climb up actually. But at any rate, probably those of us who are in the metaverse are probably somewhere in the, uh, in the uh, millennials or Gen X um, uh, accumulation phase, okay? So, uh, let's see. So the question really is, as we are in the accumulation phase for millennials and Gen X, what are our options for investing? Okay. So traditionally, all right, um, let's see. Sorry, there we go. So traditionally, we've all been told that the three main ways of investing your funds are into stocks, bonds, or real estate. There's commodities as well, and there's obviously uh, always you know other things you can invest in. Pokemon um, cards. Pokemon cards, yeah, absolutely. But the three major categories traditionally have always been stocks, bonds, and real estate. Okay, so let's dive into each one of those and see what that might mean for those of us in the accumulation stage. Okay, so let's talk about bonds first. So this is the graph of showing the growth of the U.S. bond market from uh, around the 1950s to 2010. And what we're seeing here is that uh, about really, there's a, in the last 10 or 15 years, the growth rate has been 1.5%. So 1.5%. What that means is, 
over the course of 50 years, you can double your money. Okay, 50 <laughs> years. So you invest everything into bonds, which are uh, you know highly secure. It's it's very conservative, um, fairly risk free. Uh, you can double your money in 50 years. Okay, not a great method for accumulating. If you're in the accumulation phase, again, which is uh, the majority of millennials and Gen X generations, bonds are not going to be a great option for you to accumulate wealth. It's a great tool to preserve your wealth once you've obtained it. Okay. So this, so these graphs are showing the yield or like the the return that you get for investing in the same type of bond year over year. Yes. Okay. That's correct, yeah. So the money that's being paid out was kind of at its peak, like in the eighties, and it's like it's been drop dropping pretty drastically to the point where. It pays out so little. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Last like, again, last fifteen years has been on average one point five percent annually. Gosh. <laughs> so that's again, fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's better than zero, right? I mean, it's better than just having it sit in your checking account, but uh, or under your mattress. But at the same time, it's not a great asset to invest in if you want to accumulate wealth. And again, we're talking to. Um, the majority of the listeners to this podcast or the majority of uh, participants in the metaverse or the crypto uh, currency market are probably accumulators. Bonds are not a great option to accumulate. Okay, Great option to preserve, but not a great option to accumulate. The th second option, let's talk about the stock market. Okay, so looking at the stock market, here's the, com here's the composite mark market value from 1950 to, to the present date. This is a, basically a snapshot of the Wilshire uh, index, which is basically the majority of most crypt, or sorry, most stocks in, um, in the United States. And as you can see here, we see a couple little peaks. There's a peak here around the year 2000, and then there's a peak here around 2008. So Tyler, do you remember what happened in 2000, around 2000? Uh, I know 2008, but I, I, I don't know what the big... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This was like the uh, fear of like... Uh, what like uh, Are you saying the like when we hit the year 2000, everyone was worried all the computers oh, were going to... Oh, you're talking gonna, about Y2K? Yeah, Y2K yeah, yeah, yeah. or whatever. Uh, no. Maybe that, maybe that had some to do with it, but this is considered right here, this peak around 2000 or 2001, maybe 2002 to be the dot-com bubble burst. Oh, okay, okay. Right? So, uh, you know, like a right around 1995, 1996, people, you know, that's when the internet really started and e-commerce really started becoming a thing and everybody was jumping on the bandwagon. They're like, this is the new thing. Yeah, then right there at like 1995, you can see it really take off to yeah, the year 2000. Yeah, like so you have big. like Amazon jumps in the game. You've got like, you know... I remember, I remember cars.com, pets.com, all that kind of stuff started becoming a thing. And then around 2001, 2002, uh, the, the, the... These are really like the first e-commerce sites pretty yeah, much, right? Yeah. And so around 2001, 2002, there was the dot-com bubble burst, which um, another way of saying that is, is that this, the, the market was overvalued. And uh, investor confidence fell, and the the bubble burst, and it plunged. Okay, then it started to climb back up, and then in two thousand eight was the recession, right? Yep. Then it takes a massive drop. It takes a massive drop. Everyone was depressed, and then it started to climb from there. And now look at us. Okay, look at where we're at in two thousand twenty. Dude, look that's at that spike. a that's like you've never seen a spike like that ever. Yeah. That's insane, right? So now that all looks good. That all looks very promising. However, again, if you're an accumulator, if you're, tr if you're in the accumulation phase of your, uh, as an individual investor, where do you buy low so that you can sell high when you're jumping in to the market at this point? If you, were, if you jumped into the market back in you know, the late 80s, again, the baby boomers, if you were jumping into the market then, you, dude, you're, the gains that you had were phenomenal. At this point, if you look at the S&P 500, 
the average increase or gains uh, over the course of the last 15 years with the S&P 500 has been about 10%, which is great. That is a super great return. But there's question now in the market of whether or not the S&P 500 can still continue to maintain that 10% growth from year to year, especially when we're spiking like right now. Yeah, that's a that is such a massive spike at the end like we've never seen. And it makes me wonder, like, is a little bit of that, like, maybe stimulus money being pumped that people yeah. have some maybe extra cash that they're throwing into the stock? Because this is, you said this is, like, pretty much the the value of all of the stock market right. funds, essentially. Correct, yeah. Yeah, so if we were overvalued in 2001 and we had a burst, and if we were overvalued in 2007, 2008, and we had a recession, well... Are we over? You have to ask the question to, to what degree are we overvalued now? Yeah, for sure, at least a little bit. Yeah. Like if with a peak that high, but looks like we're constantly going up, though. It's, it's encouraging. You could make money. You will always still make money in the stock market over time. But the gains that have been experienced from the late 80s to now, I don't know that we will still continue to have that incredible amount of gains from like 1990 to 2020 the past 30 years so the question is yes you can still make money in the stock market i'm not trying to say you're not going to make money in the stock market but what i am saying is the people who benefited most in the stock market over the past 30 years are the baby boomers the baby boomers jumping in the late 80s or, or late 70s and they, if they held on and continue to invest in the stock market between now, between then yeah. and now, they've accumulated wealth, okay? massive wealth. Now again, I'm talking about the 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 Gen Z groups, or no, sorry, the millennials and the Gen X group or generations. We are in the the accumulation phase. Is the stock market going to be a dramatic accumulation, uh, uh, you know, investment uh, for us? Um, the question is, uh, well, the questions are being asked and m many people are saying probably not. Okay, so you still make money, but not dramatic uh, accumulation. Okay, now let's talk not about- Not like light, like good good return, not maybe not like life-changing yeah, exactly. wealth or something like that. Yeah, because again, you know, if you're in the 80s and you're investing, you're probably one of the baby boomers, right? Yeah, and these are the, these are the discussion points I wanted to talk about. Um, but yeah, 10% per year, okay? That's your average return yeah. just in the stock market correct. overall? Yeah, correct. Okay. Okay, so let's talk about real estate. So real estate, this is where, again, the baby boomers had it easy. Baby boomers, maybe they're starting to buy houses in the late 60s, maybe early 70s, maybe maybe late 70s or even early 80s. And they're doing it for, they're buying houses at 35000 a year. Okay, this is the sorry. I, this is the median sales price of houses sold in the United States from nineteen like sixty all the way up to the present day. And again, the baby boomers are coming in; they're buying houses for less than forty thousand dollars. And as they're holding on to their assets and or their homes, and the, and you know their value is compounding over time, they're selling their houses, or you know they are living in these houses that are now valued. At uh, three hundred fifty to three hundred sixty thousand, younger people coming into the market who want to invest in real estate have to join in at this rate here uh, at three hundred sixty thousand dollars on average yeah. for a home price. And especially the past like four years, real estate has just yeah. exploded like at at a rate that seems. And you can see that, that spike there at the at the end. Like, look at that huge. That's like you haven't really seen a spike like that in history of that yeah. most recent one there. Yeah. So it's, again, all of these investments that we're talking about are still very valid investments. But what my point, though, is is that the baby boomers are the ones who have enjoyed the, gain, the, the dramatic gains over the stock market and real estate that it's probable that... 
the younger accumulation groups are not going to enjoy because it's very, very difficult to get into this market at $360,000 average home price. It's super hard to get. It's, it's a barrier to entry for many investors, especially uh, you know those in the millennials or Gen Zs or, just getting, or Gen Xs are just getting started. Okay, so what that means is, in summary, is that the Gen X and millennials got screwed. And what I mean by that is they've inherited an overpriced stock market. They've inherited inflated real estate prices. The other option is a pointless asset class, bonds. And I shouldn't say pointless. It's a great way to, again, to preserve your wealth, but not a great way to accumulate dramatic wealth. 1.5% is not going to help you out. Yeah. Yeah, definitely not. So Gen X... There's no, there's no real wealth. There's no life-changing wealth made there. Yeah. So Gen X generation and millennials absolutely got screwed. Okay? Until crypto comes in. Crypto gets uh, introduced into the market uh, in its infancy around 2009, 2010. Um, you know, it's still just hovering over, you know, between zero and a dollar at 2013. It has a massive spike here in 2018. And then we here we are today with uh, almost approaching $2 trillion in the global market of crypt- cryptocurrencies. Now, again, this you might look at this and say, well, that's exactly the same shape and trend as the stock market. And you were just saying that the stock market is not a viable option to accumulate significant wealth. Well, I mean, to be fair, the stock market was a little bit more, hasn't seen this much of a jump in the past. Like, yeah, this is more I, vertical. I, well, no. I actually probably, uh, just because... Crypto's newer, you know, that that like we're pretty much starting at zero at the beginning. It probably makes it look a little more drastic, you know. Yes. So in May of 2021, the crypto market, the global crypto market reached $2 trillion for the first time in history. Now it's around 1.3. I think it was 1.7 just like maybe three weeks ago. But now it's like 1.3, so it's definitely taken a definite drop. Um, but yeah, you could say, well, gosh, the gains have already been, uh, been made. So maybe this is, maybe I'm too late as well. Well, let's take a look at this graph, this, this, this chart here, global market. Let's compare the global market. So bonds, uh, just under $140 trillion for bonds, stocks, just uh, like 105 trillion Gold, about $12 trillion. Crypto, again, we're about $1.3 trillion right now. So you have to ask yourself, which of the global markets are going to be the market, is, is going to be the market that has the opportunity for 5x, 10x, 100x gains over the next 10 to 15 years? Yeah, and I'm... <laughs> I I really think we'll see a lot more and more fall out of that bonds. I think we'll see bonds probably drop over time. I I don't know. Yeah, that's that's massive speculation. But look how much. Like I I think we'll see a little bit of a balancing effect happen here, where crypto will definitely go up and pull some money from stocks, gold, and bonds. Agreed. Agreed. But certainly, crypto is the opportunity of the decade. This is the opportunity for millennials and Gen X and you know the incoming Gen Zs to really experience the gains that the baby boomers enjoyed in the stock market during the late 80s to to today as well as the real estate market. Crypto is the future. It is the opportunity for the decade for those of us who are trying to accumulate wealth and not just preserve wealth. Honestly, if I was 65 years old and I had already accumulated my wealth and I just wanted to preserve it, I probably would not do much with crypto. It's volatile. It goes, yeah. it goes up like crazy. It goes down like freaking crazy. And people lose their minds. 
Like I would not want to have, you know, five point six million dollars sitting in my portfolio and invest in crypto at age sixty five. Yeah, and all like the traditional kind of very people who've studied the stock market all their life like like a lot of those people are very against crypto because of that because it's unpredictable you can't it's not a safe well it's not you can't plan your return like we've been able to do for with so many years with with the stock market but again that's what we're talking about earlier you have to be willing to risk a certain amount to real wealth is made yeah. When you take so, uh, more risk is more earning potential. Yeah. So, so Tyler, have you ever heard of Berkshire Hathaway? I mean, yeah, I, I, I know the company or whatever. So Berkshire Hathaway, the there's two founders. Uh, one of them is Warren Buffett. And the other, I can't remember his name, but he's like Warren Buffett's you know best buddy. And both those guys started Berkshire Hathaway. And... So Warren Buffett, there's a great quote by Warren Buffett that says, the stock market, now I'm not talking about crypto, I'm talking about the stock market. This is what he said. The stock market is a great tool to transfer wealth, and I'm paraphrasing here. The stock market is a, is a, is a tool devised to transfer wealth from the impatient to the patient. And I think that applies to crypto as well. Now, his partner um, said something interesting as well when he said, and I'm trying to uh, paraphrase this and try to remember it now, but he basically said, um, my goodness, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. What did he say? Transfer. I'm still trying to figure out transfer money from the inpatient to the patient. Well, so if you're impatient... Oh, the M. Oh, M. Okay. If you're impatient and you see your 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 money drop and you and, and you're like, oh my gosh, I just invested ten thousand dollars into these various stocks, and it just okay. it just took a dive, and you know what? I'm gonna hold. I'm, I, everyone says to hold. I'm gonna hold. Three months goes by, and you're checking your phone every day, and it's not going back up. And you're like, three months has gone by, and you know what? You gotta pay rent. Or you get you know your car throws a rod and you gotta buy a new car. Yeah. And you're like, oh my gosh, I well I guess I still have four thousand dollars f- left over from my ten thousand dollars I left in there. I guess I just might maybe it's gonna go down even more. Maybe I'll lose the four thousand. So they pull it out. That's the impatient. That makes that makes a lot of sense. The and pa- then those who are patient and hold on to it. Yeah. The hodlers. Yeah. Are those? They're who, the ones who are who buying make, from these people who are jumping out. They're like, "All right, man, yeah, you, you can be low. impatient. Yeah, that's sell right. high. That's right. So it's a transfer from, uh, yeah, the impatient to the patient. Yeah, yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a good quote. I like that one. Yeah, I can't remember the other guy's quote. I'll come up with it probably as I'm driving home, and I'll be like, "Dang it, man, whatever." <laughs> that one was good enough. Right. All right. Cool. So okay. So. We talked a little bit about why, why crypto is the opportunity of the decade. Now, here's something else that's important, okay? This is from Charles, Charles, Hoskins, what? Charles Hoskinson, who is the founder of Cardano. He is the CEO of Cardano, right? Everyone knows who, what Cardano is. He says, over the next 10 years, there's going to be more improvements in financial policy from our market, meaning the crypto market, than the last 100 years of reserve banks. In the next 10 years, there's going to be more improvements or improvement on financial engineering, the building and construction of financial items, and the markets upon which they trade or which trade them uh, than the last 100 years from Wall Street and England and Tokyo and all the other locations on the planet integrated. Jeez. In the next 10 years, there's going to be more motion of wealth 24 hours a day, seven days a week on crypto rails than there will be through the bank uh, for international settlements and through the repaired procedures and all these other things that are the essential staples of the current financial world. So that's from Charles Hoskinson, who was, by the way, one of the founders of Ethereum and then moved on to be the founder of Cardano. In other words, 
he is extremely bullish. He's extremely excited and extremely confident in the uh, in the improvements that are planned to be made in the de financial or the decentralized financial uh, markets through cryptocurrency. To be fair or to be clear, we're not talking about Doge coins or Shiba Inu coins or made up coins. We're talking about improvements to de- decentralized blockchain uh, financial systems that this will replace 100 years of financial markets. Well, think about it. Everything, like the the big, who, who's the who's the Harvard, uh, Clayton Christensen, right? right. What's Disruptor. his dis- disruption? disruption yeah. Like, you know, we're seeing disruption pick up at a massive like like how how long were taxis the thing and then uber comes along pretty much takes them out that's right airbnb comes along huge disruption to hotels yep there's this company here locally called homie who's pretty much disrupting they're, they're actually the number one real estate broker in in utah in in salt lake city yeah so disruption is happening and that's a company that started what a few years ago, and now all of a sudden they're the number one broker. Yeah, like we're seeing disruption, and based on that, based on what what we're seeing there, I really believe that we will see disruption of the way of the financial market and at yeah. how 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 we pay for things. I I I think we're not far away. From there being pretty much no such thing as a physical cash, like, right, right. like I think, if, if, what whether that's what whether that's crypto or not, yeah, you know, is 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 up in the air. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm feeling confident about it, but I I think at least there's not going to be, you know, dollar bills. It's going to be all you know, Apple Pay, Venmo, the, yeah. those kind of things that will replace all physical currency. Yeah, that's right. Well, you know, and frankly, uh, people who are not, um, people who kind of turn their nose up against the crypto market and who are entrenched in the traditional ways of, uh, of finance, one of the things that they will like to say is um, <laughs> that Bitcoin, it's just computer code it's not anchored or tied to anything of value the dollar the the u.s dollar is tied to gold um in the federal reserve so how can you say that the bitcoin is valuable you know it has any value at all well that's a great point except that it was richard nixon who eventually who, who initially signed a temporary departure from the the U.S. dollar being connected to gold. Yeah. It was meant to be temporary, but it stayed on. And now, you know what? The it's useless paper that we trust in. Right. That's what it is. The government at this point, like all these, all these, uh, uh, these stimulus checks, the, the payments, the government's just printing money. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love getting the stimulus check, but... But they're just printing more and more money, and it's not backed by any gold by anymore. That that is an illusion that has that has long since been in the past. Now, and and so th- th- these folks are saying, well, the Bitcoin is not tied to anything of value. Well, what is value, right? Like, how do you? No, it's trust. It's trust. Trust is what gives. So, if enough of us who are into crypto and those who will still are yet to join believe in it, then there is value. Yeah. Yeah. And, absolutely. And, I mean, that's why NFTs, that's why, yeah. like I said earlier, Pokemon cards, baseball cards, stamps. Right. Why are stamps like, you make a lot of money on selling stamps that yeah. you could have bought from the post office a few years ago. Right. You know? Yeah. It's ridiculous. Because yeah. somebody sees value in it. That's and it's just trust and it's uh, perceived value. Yeah, it's nuts. So at any rate, the fact is is that yes, we so crypto market has not really uh, hit its peak 
we can see that in that graph where it's only at 1.5 trillion. Um, there's plenty of growth to come. And these are some of the thought leaders here who are saying what's going to be happening in the next 10 years. So my point is now is the time to jump into cryptocurrency if you want to accumulate wealth. Now, what about the crypto bear market? So right now, June, late June of 2021, everyone's losing their mind because Bitcoin just dropped from like 38,000 or 40,000 down to uh, 28,000, I think, at its lowest point over the last week, which means that every other altcoin or cryptocurrency or token took a dive as well. Yep. Because everyone, once Bitcoin goes down, everyone loses confidence in crypto. And so people start selling and uh, it's just a huge, huge crash every time or a dip at least. And so now, and, and honestly, since May, since late May of 2021 um, and uh, probably the next last 45 days, the market yep. has been sideways. Like it has been, it's not been going anywhere. If anything, it's been going down. And so I get are, excited, I man. I, I personally, when I see it go, you know, chain link was at $50 and now it's at $15. I'm buying it. 15. I'm buying <laughs> right. more, dude. It's I'll a pull, sale. I'll fuck. I'll, I'll, I'll scrounge up whatever money I can find and yeah. put more money in there, you know? Yeah. So, so it's a, but it's a legitimate question. Okay. So there, so we just made the point that cryptocurrency is the opportunity of the decade for those in the accumulation individual investment stage to make money. But the question is, well, what ha what do we do when the market is tanking and is dipping, right? Well, you just mentioned buying, uh, but there's some more things that, that, that is uh, worthy of note, okay? First of all, when there is a, le a legitimate bear market, and I don't think Tyler or myself are qualified, we don't, at least, we don't consider ourselves individually qualified to say, yes, definitively, we are entering into a bear market. Certainly, we are in bearish cycles, but I don't know that we're in a bear market. I think we're still in the bull market. A lot of the experts, industry experts are saying we're in a bull market still, but that we probably, there is a bear market probably coming, but it's probably going to be mid-2022 before that hits. And frankly, we're probably going to have some bull si bullish cycles that's probably going to happen here around August, September, especially when things like smart contracts for Cardano gets, re gets released. Uh, Ethereum 2. Point, well, Ethereum starts doing the de the uh, uh, deflationary burning of of, of tokens, um, and then you know Ethereum 2.0 comes out in early 2022. Uh, also in the fall of 20, 2021, Bitcoin is going to receive uh, a very great technology upgrade through the Taproot um, investment. So that's all that's going to happen in the fall. So crypto will probably skyrocket in the fall. That's just my guess. But what so but the question though is what happens when you are in a recession or in a, a bear market? What do people do? Well, here yeah. we are. Here we are. Well, and the interest rates are going to go up. I I believe the Fed's announced in 2023 like they're they're going to have to start ha, ha, housing interest rates aren't going to stay the, as low as they've been, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I think that whenever things like that happen too, uh, people get, people start, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Gathering up their money and, and taking less risk, hoarding yeah. it. Yeah. So when recession hits or when there's a bear market, what do people invest in or purchase? Well, according to Maslow's hierarchy of needs, we know that when times are, are rough and we uh, are in a recession, people spend money on the lowest, the lowest rungs of the hierarchy of needs, meaning you know, uh, food, water, uh, essentials to, to maintain life, uh, security, toilet safety, toilet paper. Yeah, I mean, we saw that with the, uh, the oncoming <laughs> of the pandemic. Everyone was running to Costco and just draining that place of toilet paper. Um, kind of silly, but hey, you couldn't get bottled water. You couldn't get. Yeah. I mean, there's not. It's like that's empty. what people. That's what people do when things get crazy. When things get 
bearish when things get uh, when the, when we hit a recession. So um, the, those are the things that you want to have into your portfolio to be ready for when a bear market happens or when uh, a recession hits. Crypto, by the way, at least I don't know of any crypto that um, you know provides the food, water, warmth immediately to you and your family. It's, so people aren't really going to be investing much into crypto during a recession. So, but let's talk about what that means. So, first of all, what investments perform well during recessions? Well, like we just said, any investment around needs, food, water, clothing, essentials. So, you know, it's always good to have in your portfolio some, uh, some companies or stocks that, are, that come from the industries that provide this basic, these basic needs. So that when, when all the rest of your stuff is tanking, at least that's doing well enough to keep your portfolio strong. The second thing is comfort. Recessions are stressful. Bear markets are stressful. Um, if you look at what happened in the Depression and the recession of 2008, um, in the recession uh, in the early 70s, things spiked such as alcohol and cigarettes, um, cheap entertainment, meaning like uh, TV and movies, in the, in the Depression, one of the industries that flourished in the Depression was radio. People needed something to comfort themselves from the stress of the Depression. Radio was there to fill the need. Um, if it wasn't for the Depression, John F. Kennedy probably would never have been president in the 60s. What I mean by that is, is that John F. Kennedy Sr. Um, invested heavily into uh, Hollywood. In, in the Depression. He already had made a few million dollars in the stock market prior to that, the part of the Depression. When the Depression hit, he realized and was savvy enough to understand that people will want some type of entertainment. And so he, he bought up a bunch of like fledgling uh, movie production houses, consolidated them, and made freaking millions. <laughs> and that's how he established his, uh, you know, his incredible empire and, you know, raised these incredible, successful children, one of them being John F. Kennedy Jr., who became president of the United States. Um, but also, Disney. Disney would not be a thing right now if it hadn't been for the Depression. Disney got its start during the Depression. People wanted to pay that two cents that they had to go watch Mickey do his thing. Um, and so Disney really got a boon during the Depression. Um and so, yeah, comfort is, an, is cheap entertainment. That's always something to be invested in for your recessions. Now, what does that have to do with what we're talking about with cryptocurrency? Well, listen to this. This is from Coin Bureau. The only crypto assets that are projected to do well during bear markets and recessions are, quote, those cryptocurrencies or crypto technologies that power games, virtual worlds, and virtual economies. My point is that the metaverse is the, will be and, or could be the primary crypto investment option during bear markets. So again, right now, a lot of people are losing their minds and think we're going into a bear market or that we're in a bearish cycle. But I'm telling you that First of all, crypto is the, the, is the thing, for, the opportunity for the decade. It is the point of, it is the option for us to accumulate wealth. But yet when you're losing money, don't put all your money in cryptocurrency uh, in the coins or tokens. Put some into the metaverse. The, uh, when, when I'm telling you, when, when the bear market actually does come, Upland is going to explode. Yeah. Oh, and downtimes when people are feeling depressed, games are what? Like, gaming's always been something. I come home from a stressful day at work. If, if I want to play a game sometimes, that can be something that takes my mind off things. Yeah. Like, people enjoy gaming as an escape. And I believe that's why entertainment was such a key yeah. point there, that people will still pay money for entertainment when money's tight. That's right. Even if it's not as much, I think we'll continue to see growth in Upland. Properties will still be selling because someone's going to be having fun. And we're talking properties that start out as $2 and sell for $4 or five. like It's not an asterisk. That, 
that is cheap or low cost entertainment if you right. just want to get started and dabble in it. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah, so I think that's the last of my slide. But yeah, um, so the point there is again, no, there's a couple points here. One is, um, I don't know that we're in a bear market. I'm not. One, I'm not a financial advisor, and I'm not an expert in cryptocurrencies or crypto technologies. Um, I'm an investor in in these things. Um, I tend to believe majority of the crypto experts that are saying that it's not a bear market, but that one is coming. And so, how do you prepare for that? Well. I would say that you're going to want to ensure that you have investments in your portfolio that tend to perform well during recessions. Um, so number one, crypto technology is the opportunity of the decade for you to accumulate wealth. If you are in that age bracket in which you are still accumulating wealth, crypto the crypto market is for us. All right, number one. Number two, um, when things start to dip because it's highly volatile, Ensure that you are investing in uh, investments such as the uh, like Upland. Um, that's going to be a way for you to maintain a balance in your portfolio, so that when things take a dive, you you've got Upland to fall back on um, to invest in, and yeah. uh, and you can make money. Yeah, pretty much on on that graph that showed all the all the different stocks, we saw that pretty much every five. To ten or less years, there is a there is a dip. There's always going to be a dip. Right. There's always a big rise and a dip, and we don't know if that's a year, two years, three years from now. Maybe it'll maybe it'll be maybe it'll be longer. You, yeah. you don't know. But when it does, when it eventually does, why not have your money tied up in a game that you can actually enjoy and play, yeah. and still keep growing your investment by playing a fun, entertaining. Yeah. game in a virtual world that will be an escape that that's again I, that's why i love the combination of gaming with investing it's fun and you can make money doing it yeah absolutely join right. us yeah that's right so that's my presentation that's the point uh again uh you know these are thoughts and and uh things that i put together after you know reading and watching and a few uh various uh investment experts um, and uh, I credited those at the beginning of the presentation, but, but the idea is, you know, jump into the metaverse, man, jump into the upland because this is going to be a way for you to have a good, solid, steady, but yet accumulating investment for you, even during bullish times or during bearish times, it'll work out for you. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks again for joining us on the fourth episode of the upland show. Uh, we're excited to bring much more content, and uh, we look forward to uh, seeing you next time. And good luck in Cleveland tomorrow if you are already in uh, Upland. All right. Thanks, everybody. Talk to you later. Above it. Above that one. No, below that one. <laughs> okay. We can clip it. Yeah. Dude, I, you're, yeah.